Hello again, everypony, and welcome back to Stable Geniuses. I'm your host, Eagle, and before we get into today's guest, I would like to announce the winner of Episode 4's drawing for a badge to BronyCon this year is one AJ Vasquez. Congratulations, AJ. Uh, we will have somebody from registration contact you shortly with the code for that badge. Moving on, today's guest, continuing in the vein of the last time, today's guests are two more members of our Galacast. One rather new and one that's been around for a bit. Why don't you two introduce yourselves and say hi to the ponies? Hello there, every pony. Uh, my name is Scott, also known as Shield Horse Cosplay. Hi, everyone. My name is Bee, also known as Azinzi Cosplay. I'm so very, very glad to have you both on. As you may or may not know, the Grand Galloping Gal is actually my personal favorite part of BronyCon. And, well, I love it. <laughs> Uh, that being said, while I know that the topic of both who you might be playing this year and what will be going on with this year's gala is off-limits as far as what the show will be, uh, I would like to ask, who have you lot played in the past? Um, well, I've been going, I've been a cast member since 2016. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was brought in as an understudy, and then through circumstances outside of my control, I was actually brought in as the person playing the uh, character. Uh, but that was Dr. Hooves. That was a lot of fun. I'm a huge Dr. Who fan, so basically getting to play his pony incarnation, I was all about it. And my favorite part was when um, our Twilight just gets in my face and goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute, who are you? Just walk up center stage, straighten the bow tie, and go, I'm the Doctor. <laughs> I absolutely loved your cosplay from that year, and your accent was actually not too terrible. Well, I I do have some British ancestry. You know, I'm related to the Spencers. No, you do. I know you do. We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was 2016, 2017. I was filthy rich. More of a cameo appearance, really. I think I was only in a couple scenes. Still yeah, fun. I, I... Yeah, I... I remember you appearing to drag Diamond Tiara off the stage near the end. Uh-huh. Get over here, young lady. I say, I say, I say. I thought you were filthy rich, not Foghorn Leghorn. I mean, the pony equivalent of Foghorn Leghorn might as well be. Um, and then last year I was Shining Armor in, God, all the different movies. And it was so much fun. And those have been my three characters in the past. And you, V? Um, well, last year was actually my first year. Uh, head of events, Cat Lady of the Cosplay, she didn't have a villain for last year's gala, and since we have worked together before through Saber Guild, she called me up and said, Hey, I know you don't know anything about My Little Pony, but I have about four or five months before BronyCon. Would you like to audition for this role so i did i got it and then went on an absolute binge of all of my little pony <laughs> so i'm still not i guess you can say i'm still not a super fan because i haven't been in this fandom as long as everyone else but i'm really enjoying everyone that i get to meet and 
Pony of Shadows was such, such a fun character because I got to be really campy and really British and over the top. And getting... And just to, evil. Yes, yes. And, and getting to fight Jeff or Escanova Cosplay, we've been doing that fight for years and it was just really great to do it in front of an audience that responded so positively to it. And it was amazing. I... I wish I wish the night of the actual performance I had been able to really stop and watch more of the show, but you know, I was on shift as one of the room managers and running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Which was why I was so grateful to Ava for allowing me to sit in when y'all did your Thursday night run. So at least I got to see the show in some form. You were able to. You were able to see the experience. Well, you were able to behind see the scenes not get the full gala experience. But I'm happy that you got to see the story. Yeah, uh, and I'm actually shocked. Last year was your first year. I would not have guessed. Well, I've I've been acting for pretty much my entire life. So theater kids for life. Yeah, yeah theater kids for kids for life. I w- I was a band nerd. <laughs> You know, you, you kind of seem like the type, and that's not that's not meant to be offensive in any way, but you definitely seem like a bad kid. Yeah, I uh, played the tuba, and by the time I was finally able to quit marching band after my sophomore year of high school, I would see them all destroyed. I, I cannot stand the tuba. I, I much prefer my bass guitar nowadays. Death to all tubas. Although uh, I haven't played since I moved in, I'm not sure my apartment neighbors would appreciate me cranking the amp. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, so I'd like to ask you both, you know, what's one of your favorite memories from BronyCon, whether it's as attendee or staff? I know, V, you said that Lady Ava sort of pulled you in last year. I have two moments that really stick out for me. One was... The end of the gala, when all the cast members were standing on stage and just looking out into the audience and seeing how much fun our guests were having and how much love and how how it, I just felt so connected to the community at a moment at this moment that I almost started crying because I was just so so happy because. And I believe a lot of us in the cosplay community feel this. It's hard for us to fit in places. I've had issues fitting in my entire life because I've always been kind of an odd duckling. So just in that moment, it it felt like I had found a home and it really felt incredible. Uh, The second thing that stood out for me was when I was working in the cosplay repair room. Since I am a costume technology major, meaning I construct the garments and I make all the garments, I'm very handy with a needle and scissors, there were a few people that would come in and have ripped garments. So there was this one girl who had completely ripped a bone out of her corset. I had her take off the corset and I fixed it completely for her. And she came back every single day with her boyfriend to see how I was doing and say hi to me. And at the end of the weekend, she gave me these straight pins to use for sewing that had diamonds on the end of them because I was cosplaying Rarity for the entire weekend. So she gave me these, uh, I mean, they weren't real diamonds, but they were, they were crystal. (laughs) I know I saw the look on your face. (laughs) They were these crystal sewing pins. I, 
that was the first gift that someone that I helped gave to me. It just gives you a really good, warm, tingly feeling. The community has been so welcoming, and I'm really, really lucky to be able to go on this adventure with everyone. Uh, well, <laughs> since I've been going for, well, this would be year number four at this point, there have been a lot of moments, to be honest. Really, the whole con itself is an experience, but if I could pinpoint probably the most influential and the most touching moment that I had was last year. Um, not a lot of people know this, but I came to the con with a herniated back disc, and it was bad. I was on two or three different types of medication, and I had to take it just to get through the day. Um, but I said, come hell or high water, I'm going to be in the show because we're just a couple days out. There is no way at all that we can find a replacement. I have to be there 100%. So I did everything I could to withstand the pain. I got to the con. Um, one of the things that I did as a cast member, some of us were doing other events as well, not just the gala. I was doing... Some buckball has Big Mac uh, with our Applejack. And the kids were taking a break at one point, And I got to talking with one of the moms and, you know, just introduced myself, said hi. She was very friendly. We just started up a conversation. And I told her, uh, you know, this is kind of a workout. I was pretty much drenched in sweat. And I said, well, I'm also on medication right now. And I'm dealing with a herniated uh, spinal disc. And she just went, oh, my God. And she wanted to know everything about it. She wanted to know, you know, are you getting surgery? Are you okay? Why are you doing this? Um, <laughs> I think we were all asking ourselves that question last year. Um, but I just told her, I, I'm, I'm here to have fun for myself. And I'm here for the kids because I want them to have fun too. And then our time in the room was over. We had to move on to other things. But towards the end of the convention... Uh, she found me again and I was in a completely different outfit, but she found me again and she pulled me aside and she said, I just want to let you know that over the course of the weekend, I talked to a bunch of the other parents and, um, we started a donation fund for you. Cause I told her that the only option at the time that I had for surgery was going to cost me $5,000 and I didn't have anywhere close to that. So she pulled me aside and she told me this. I I lost all my composure. I just broke down crying, not because I was sad or unhappy or anything bad. I was just moved to the point where I couldn't contain it anymore because this was somebody who was essentially a complete stranger to me. And she had just spent the entire weekend talking to other parents and telling them about me and my situation. And she had raised something like 85 bucks just over the course of the weekend. And it still helped. It, with the insurmountable total of $5,000, the 85 still helped in some way to get me through, you know, everything that I was dealing with. And I have never experienced anything like that before at any other convention that I've been to and I've been going to cons since 2004 so 
for something like that to happen, I was moved beyond words and I just exploded with emotion and I was crying for a good 10 minutes. So I would have to say that's, that's my moment. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, wow. I mean, I think if we really start looking, we'll find little stories like that all over the fandom because it's, it seems to be the hallmark of this fandom, isn't it? That when one of us needs something, we really tend to come together, don't we? That's kind of what I discovered because up until last year, I had, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I had the outsider's point of view of bronies, you know, the typical thing that mainstream media thinks. And I am so glad that I was proved wrong. For rehearsals all the way up until BronyCon, I was actually quite embarrassed to tell my friends where I was going. It actually turns out that my best friend's a huge huge brony and I didn't even know it until then but then after BronyCon and getting into the fandom and getting to meet everyone and be a part of the community there is nothing to be embarrassed about and there is no shame and I I yeah and I'm just thankful for how kind and caring this fandom is yeah and they don't they wear their hearts on their sleeves too because there was another instance I was walking back to my hotel room and some uh, some guy just came up next to me and he started talking to me just you know how are you doing and within two minutes he just let it out that i think his grandfather had just died and something that most people don't really let on to somebody they just met but he just came out and said it and i was like oh my god these these people just let their emotions fly and i felt the same way i pulled him into a hug and i'm like it's okay man i i just did what i could to comfort him it's just, it's a whole different group of people that I've never really experienced in my life at any event that I've been to. They're so open and welcoming and just be like you said, they're unashamed of anything and they're, they just are who they are. Very genuine group of people. And that's rare these days. Oh yeah. It's totally rare. Extremely. And, you know, it's mildly ironic. I'm sitting here talking to a couple of prof- more or less professional costumers about genuine people. I- I'm sorry, just the-, the irony. We spend our lives pretending to be someone else, and yet we're talking about being genuine. I can see the irony in yeah, that. Yeah, but we are our own people. We have our lives, and we keep yes, them. Yes, I know. I know. And I honestly... I have a massive amount of respect for all the time, effort, and talent that y'all put into your what you do. I, I, I wish I, I wish I had that sort of skill set, but I don't. Oh, it's totally worth it. Well, I suppose V's favorite year of the gala is a bit obvious, since she's only been around for one. But uh, Scott, what's what's been your favorite year at the gala? No, no, you can't make me choose. No, no. How can you choose? How can you choose between basically being one of your sci-fi role models and being your favorite pony? I just, I, I don't know. And not only that, but it was a lot of my favorite movies, too. We we threw together a whole bunch of stuff. The um, Indiana Jones movie, Star Wars. 
walking out on stage in my Jedi robes and just as soon as I was in view and the entire audience just erupted, I'm like, I have arrived. <laughs> really? I wouldn't have guessed Filthy Rich was your favorite favorite pony. Just don't worry, sir. I mean, there there's a lot of parallels between me and Shining Armor. He's a huge nerd, and yeah, I am too. Freaking out over... I think huge is an understatement, Scott. Alright, fine. Call me out, <laughs> why don't you? Let me just hide my hood here. This man, if, if you are ever in the car with him, no. all he plays is video games. No, that's not true. There's it's all 8-bit, come on. You okay? You you got to sample some of my playlist. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, come on, throw some Dragon Force in there, some Crew Shadows. Oh, I've got some remixes. I have some remixes. Lincoln Park, if you're feeling '90s. Nah, I I go straight Metallica. Uh, maybe a little uh, Motorhead. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I'm, okay, so V, you told me that Lady Eva dragged you into it. Scott, how'd you get involved with the con in the first place? So you were an understudy, but what led to this? Kind of the same thing. Um, I've known I've known Lady Eva since 2008. Uh, we're basically family at this point. Uh, we do a lot of stuff together. Most of 2018... Uh, we both worked in Manhattan. We rode the train in in the mornings, just nerded out over everything and anything. But no, in 2016, I was over her house. We were just chilling, and she was talking about uh, she was working on BronyCon stuff. I'm like, what's that? And she went into further detail and about the show, and I was like, hmm, I haven't done any kind of a theater production in a while. Maybe I could find a way to be involved with this. So um, I expressed my interest and she said, well, you know, maybe uh, I can bring you in as an understudy. And she introduced me uh, to the people who were running the gal at the time. And I I had an interview with them. I had a like a chat like this. They had me read a few lines. They wanted to make sure that I could do a British accent. They wanted to make sure that I could get the right costume together, the props. And I was like, yeah, this, this is all easy stuff you'll learn who you're talking to pretty soon. <laughs> and uh, I had all that stuff pulled together pretty quickly. Uh, they liked my accent. They liked my video interview. Um, they said, all right, you know, there, there's things going on with the current person in the role. Can't, you know, can't give you the 100% on everything right now. Uh, we'll let you know. Like, all right, that, that's fair. That's fine. That's what an understudy is. Uh, and then a few weeks went by. And then they got back to me and said, hey, guess what? You're in. Cool. Here we go. And that was, uh, as they say, the rest is history. So outside of the galley, you know, what other things have y'all done with cosplaying or costuming just outside of the convention? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to take this first or should I? Um, I I'll try and keep it short. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, because your explanation is going to be much longer than mine. Well, I've been doing it for longer. I've been, like I said earlier, I've been cosplaying since 2004. There is 
living proof that I was tuxedo mask for at least five years. I started out in anime, doing the anime cons, Sailor Moon, Inuyasha, Fushigi Yugi. Oh my uh, gosh, his Inuyasha cosplay. I. Phenomenal. I spent five years perfecting that. There were minor things wrong with the prototype. And then over time, I worked with my mom and we just tweaked them here and there every so often to get them to the point where I found them acceptable. Because I'm, I'm I don't want to say I'm elitist because I'm not. I'm more of a perfectionist. You are definitely a perfectionist. I have You're standards right. that I want to follow. So I got the costume done to a point in 2005 and then from 2005 to 2010 it was all basically a work in progress i got better contacts i got a better wig uh, i did better makeup i got better fangs i instead of the ones that you melt plastic and you push them on your teeth i had custom veneers made that cost me 50 bucks a pair and i had my upper canines, my lower canines done, and then I had my upper canines done with longer ones because I did full demon version. I got the scleras, which were like 300 bucks. Uh, I did the face makeup. Uh, I Every single time I did this costume, I would file down fake nails to claws and then paint over them to make them look like actual claws, you know, and then assemble them. That was probably my most involved costume. Everything else... 20-pound sword to go with it. 20. He did... He, he did a full Tetsaga, not the small one, the big one. Try three or four times that weight. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Can he carry it around on his shoulder for conventions? I've seen pictures of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's five, five sheets, five layers of laminated plywood with a solid steel pipe core. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to know a person who goes all out for cosplays, look no further than Scott. Uh, that was back in the day when I could i've I, I have to i have to be an adult now <laughs> whatever that means so v i guess you're up oh okay uh i've only been cosplaying since i moved to the east coast which was about four or five years ago because i lived in the bay area of california so san francisco and I didn't really know how to get into cosplay out there. I, I find it easier to get into cosplay now that I'm on the East Coast because there's a lot more conventions and they're closer together. I ended up starting... It's a funny story of how I got into it. I was working in a shoe store and I had a customer come in and I was fitting them for shoes. And at the point, at that time, I was really into Attack on Titan. And they were talking about Attack on Titan. And I went, oh my gosh, I love that show. And they were like, hey, I'm doing a panel at this little convention on the weekend. Do you want to come and be a part of the panel? And I went, yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a thing to do. So I went and that's where I met people from Saber Guild. And I got dragged so deeply into Saber Guild. I was with them for two, two and a half years. I went to Star Wars Celebrations with them. I had a few different costumes. Star Wars Celebration was actually where Scott and I met. Yeah. Yep. True. I'm, I'm friends with Eskinova Cosplay, who is also friends with, I mean, we're all friends, but at that point, I was best friends with Jeff 
And I'd only been hearing about Scott for a few months. And then we finally met. Oh, apparently I have a reputation? All right. No, it was all good stuff. <laughs> mostly, mostly good Mo- stuff. Whoa, all right. <laughs> no, no, all good stuff. All good stuff, love. Um, mostly it was all the Star Wars stuff. Starting maybe two years ago, I did a Nora Valkyrie cosplay from Ruby. And right now I'm actually giving it a little TLC because it needs to be redone. I do a lot of Ren Faire and a lot of commissions for Ren Faire. So corsets, skirts, capes. I really love D&D. So yes. any, anything fantastical and adventurous, I, I enjoy making that stuff. But now that con season is starting up and there are a few conventions I'm going to be going to this year, and now that school is not stressing me out as much, I'm, I'm thinking that this, that this cosplay season is going to kind of be the start of my career, more or less. I mean, I have Nora lined up. I have a female Shiro from Voltron lined up. I have a modern Sleeping Beauty lined up. I have Zelda. I have Rapunzel. I have Urza Scarlet from Fairy Tale lined up. So it's going to be a cosplay heavy year. I, I, I. It may sound slightly pompous, but I feel like I love the gal almost as much as y'all do. And it is just it. <laughs> it was. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you might have to fight Red Card for that. Oh, you. <laughs> Red Card. Uh, he's our videographer. Yeah, honorary videographer. Yeah, honorary videographer. He he gets to the front of the show and gets the entire performance on camera, and then he edits it, and it's fantastic. And the entire community goes to his video page and just watches it over and over and over and over again. We never asked him to do this. He just did it because he loves the gala so much. And he's been doing it what practically every year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, yeah, no, he's been here for a year. Uh, red card, you know, you can tell me I'm wrong, uh, but pretty sure you're just an attendee. Don't know if you have any staff privileges. Uh, yeah, Scott and I are not I, the best people to ask. I'm not assuming. Like I said, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you can say so. One, at least one more question. What has the gala meant to you? I think that's a better question for Scott to answer, since he's had the most experience. I mean, what it means to me, again, I've only been here for one year, but in the few months leading up to BronyCon, when all the other actors were telling me what it, I was about to experience, what it was going, what was going to happen, I was kind of freaked out. But then when I got to the convention and saw how much, again, how much everyone buys into this, and how much they truly enjoy what they're doing. I think it just kind of just means community to me. I know it's kind of a lame answer, but I don't feel like I have enough experience to truly answer this question. Uh, well, we've been through a lot. I, uh, I came in in 2016 when it had already been established as a thing and the cast was pretty much already set in who they were. So I was nervous too. Uh, my first year, I was nervous. I was coming into the group of people who they all knew each other. They'd all done this before. This was their thing. And I'm like, 
hi, uh, new kid. But I kind of treaded lightly. I just, you know, I, I didn't want to insert myself in places where I, I didn't think I belonged. And uh, they kind of picked up on that, but they also understood that I was the new kid. And they did everything they could to make me feel like a part of the cast, you know, like a part of this tightly knit circle of friends that they were. Oh, yeah, and... I completely, I completely agree with that. When I, when I entered it, everyone was treating me like I was an old friend. Well, I mean, I guess that's also because I knew a couple of them. Yeah, the Galacast is just really open and welcoming. And as time has gone on, it's, it's not really so, yeah, okay, yeah, it is. It's a tight new tight-knit group of friends but at the same time we throw around the term family quite a bit and we do that on purpose because we don't use it lightly we've been doing this for well i've been doing it for what this is year number four they've been doing it for longer than that six seven years something something like like something like that but they also you know, they also go to other conventions. Uh, I This was my first year going to BabsCon uh, because I got invited by some of the cast members who frequent that convention. And I got a trip to BabsCon out of it. And it was great. We spent the whole weekend just hanging out, being nerds, being cosplay people together, doing events. And we came back. And now we're prepping, well, they're prepping for Everfree, but everybody else is prepping for BronyCon. But every single day, we talk to each other, we make jokes, we make sure that everybody's okay. If somebody has something going on that day and they're not feeling 100%, everybody chimes in and says, you got this, you'll be fine, we're here for you, what do you need? We can, we'll do whatever we can to make you feel better. This is a constant thing with us. We have known each other for so long. It's kind of hard to think about life without each other in it at this point. And it's kind of hard of thinking that the gala might be ending. I mean, I know a few of us hope that we might possibly be able to take the gala to a new convention, but that's up in the air. It's something to discuss after this gala. I really could not imagine my life without these amazing people that I have met because they have done so much for me and done so much to help me. And I'm thankful every day that I was able to be brought into this world. And even after the show is done, even after BronyCon is done and over with for the year, we still we still have the group chat. We still talk to each other We st- every single day. It's not always pony-related, Uh much less much less so after the convention but it's just everyday talk everyday life i you know good really good things really bad things everyday life something that might piss us off in the moment but it doesn't matter because we're all still talking to each other we're still in communication we're still keeping up with everybody's lives and where they're going and we try and organize, you know, there's there's the Northeast contingent, there's the Southeast contingent, there's the West Coast contingent, and we try and meet up whenever we can, because, you know, talking to each other on the internet can only do so much. When you have really good friends, 
you want to see them in person as often as possible. So, and that's another thing that BronyCon does for us. We're such good friends that it's another reason to see each other in the flesh once again. So, I think, at least for me, what the gala means, it's, or it was the start of a really amazing, quite frankly, once-in-a-lifetime gathering of like-minded people that have become so close at this point that we are a family. Not by blood, but, you know, you got your blood family and your chosen family. And this is 100% chosen by all of us. God, you're going to make me start crying. <laughs> I love you. Honestly, if I pretty much... If it weren't for the fact that I pretty much never cry, I'd probably be on the verge of tears, too. Thank you both so much again for appearing. Thank you for coming on and talking with me and talking for our listeners. And I look forward to seeing y'all's performance at the gala this year. Well, that about wraps things up for this episode of Stable Geniuses. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Don't forget, if you have any questions for the guest of this episode, you can reach out to us via the email at podcast at bronycon.org, on Twitter by tweeting at stable with the hashtag Stable Geniuses, on Facebook or just in the comments section of YouTube or SoundCloud or wherever you may happen to listen. Stable Geniuses is a product of BronyCon. It is hosted by me, Eagle, produced by Neon, additional production and sound design by Reggie Kruger. Special thanks to everyone who's worked so hard to bring this podcast into reality. See you all next time.